All right, good morning. Good to see everybody here at our main campus. Welcome to those who are joining us online. So we are in a new series called Intentional Christmas, and I'll kind of get into a little bit of why we're doing it, but I have to preface it a little bit because anybody that's been around me for a significant amount of time knows I have this love-hate relationship with Christmas um, and everything that goes with it. So sometimes when I talk to people about like Christmas, they're like, are you a Scrooge? What's wrong with you? What, you know, and I'm like, well, there's just like, I love Jesus, but some of this other stuff is just like a little bit too much for me, which is part of the reason we did the idea of intentional Christmas was how do we take um, a time where we can refocus? Because I always tell everybody, you know, one of the things you should do every year is when you get to the end of the year, you should probably look back and decide how your year was. You know, how did I do? What could I do better? But a lot of times, Christmas becomes so busy because I think this has happened more lately than ever before. People are already busy in life. You know what I mean? And then you add in all of the get-togethers and the shopping and, like, everything that goes with it. And so then all of a sudden, Christmas becomes a blur. You know what I mean? And then if you get time to reflect, it's after Christmas is over, and what you're reflecting on is your credit card bill and not too much of anything else. Do you know what I mean? Maybe not. Just a few of you. The rest of you had all cash. Good for you. You know, the rest, the rest of the world is trying to figure out how to get it all done, and then you get to the end of it, and it's like, I'm going to spend January recouping. You know, it might be recouping financially. It might be recouping relationally because you've been at way more get-togethers with people you've never talked to all year long, but you have to talk to them over Christmas because it's part of the rules of Christmas get-togethers and the things that you do. So the idea is, is how, do you, how do you do this or how do we get into this with the idea of slowing down a little bit? I mean, just taking the opportunity to really look at Christmas because unfortunately, um, we could go through Christmas and forget why we're doing it. Right? Like you could go through this whole idea and miss the whole reason uh, that we should be celebrating, the whole reason you are putting up a tree, Christmas lights, everything, the reason you're buying gifts. Like we'd forget that if we don't slow down and do it. And the motivation behind all of that, and this is for me personally, like for me personally, I want my life to count. And so part of this love-hate relationship with Christmas becomes down to like I don't want to waste my time. You know what I mean? And sometimes we can get caught up doing so much, we almost forget that uh, is what we're doing today making a difference in the world, right? Or making a difference in my life. Because we know that, um, for me at least, is I want to understand the difference between success, like what the world sees as success, and a life of significance. You know what I mean? Because they are completely different. Like the world defines success because you have a good job and you have good money and you, might, you make good money or you have a house or you have a car or you have a career or you have education. You know what I mean? Like the world could define you're successful by those things, but significance is completely different than success, right? Significance is determined by you leaving a legacy, right? And we know this, right? Because if you've been to a funeral before, nobody really talks about your accolades in your job. Right? Like nobody's getting up and saying, like you were so good at what you did in your job and man, you're the best secretary ever. Or, you know, I mean, whatever those things are, what they get up and talk about is whether you left a legacy in their life. Like because you were intentional with me, you changed me. Like because you took time with me, you made a difference in my life. And the 
hard part of all of that is, is a lot of time you don't know your legacy because you're already gone and people are speaking at your funeral, right? Because too many times we forget to remind people that you're making a difference in my life. And so this whole intentional Christmas idea is so that we can understand how can we live a life of, of significance and how can we, during this time, be very intentional about, intentional about not just getting through this season, but actually maybe starting some new things in this season that might last forever. So if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew 25. So Matthew 25 is where we're going to be talking about today. And in this, Matthew 25, so if you have a Bible, it's going to be easier for you to see this as you're turning there. If you don't have a Bible, we put it up on the screen, but part of understanding the scripture that we read is, goes with like what was before it, you know. So I'm going to tell you what was before in Matthew 25. So Jesus is teaching. So remember what Jesus was trying to do when he, in the Gospels, right? So in Matthew, we know that he went out and picked some people. And he was training up some people because he knew that when he was going to be gone, these people are going to have to go out and make a difference, right? So part of this training was telling them stories, right? So let me tell you a story or let me tell you a parable. Let me help you understand what this looks like. So in this, Jesus is talking about you should probably be intentional with your life. Like you should probably think about what you're doing because at some point, we're going to get there, you're held accountable for those things. So he says, be prepared. So the parable of the virgins, so you remember that if you don't remember it, if you're in Matthew 25, you could go back and read it. But you know what the parable of the virgins were? Everybody had a lamp. Not everybody had enough oil, right? That, that's the whole thing. So the guy comes and said, hey, it's time to come in. And someone would be like, oh, wait, 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 I got to go get more oil. And so they're out getting oil. And when they come back, what happened? You weren't prepared and I'm not letting you in. Like, be intentional. Like, think ahead. Know that something's coming, so you need to be prepared for it. So think ahead. Get enough oil. Be prepared. Or it's the story of the landowner. So I think your Bible might say bags of gold or something. Well, it's the parable of the landowner that would say the landowner's going to go away, and he's going to give you some gold. And the idea is you need to do something with it. Why? Because the landowner's coming back. So you need to be intentional. I gave you something Go out and do something with it, because if you don't, when I come back, you can read this for yourself, the landowner, the landowner is not happy with somebody who didn't intentionally take what he gave them and do something with it, right? So he's not happy with that. So we want you to do something with that. Now, I think the disconnect sometimes for Christians when we read parables, we're like, 10 virgins at a feast and not having enough lamp oil. What is lamp oil anyway? So, I mean, does anybody own a lamp that you have to put oil in anymore? And I don't really understand it, so it's hard to connect sometimes, you know, I think. Or nobody gave me a bag of gold, no land or run away. And I kind of get this concept of like, I know he wants me to invest. And so what do I invest in? Like, what am I supposed to do? You ever get to that point? So I know he wants me to do something with my life. What is it that he wants me to do? So in Matthew 25, that's what he does. He's like, well, if you were wondering, let me give you an idea of what I think you should do and how you should live intentionally. So that's where we're going to pick it up here in Matthew 25. So Matthew 25, uh, starting in verse 31. So your Bible says probably the sheep and the goats. So let me read this to you. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people 
one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. So this is a reminder, and I know we've talked about this probably the last couple weeks, and maybe I talk about it all the time. You're going to have to give an account for your life. That's what this is. He's gathering everybody together, right? And when he's gathering them together, he is now going to hold people accountable, okay? So this is where we're at right now. Everybody's being gathered together. Now he's going to, there's going to be this, you ever hear this? Maybe you said this to your kids. There's going to be a day of reckoning. You know, like the day of reckoning's coming. The concept is the day of reckoning is coming for you, right? So Jesus is trying to give us a picture. Like, don't forget, there is a day where you're going to be held accountable, and it's going to be a day of reckoning, right? And he's trying to make you understand this. If you, if you don't know this, just, again, a quick reminder. Jesus is coming back, and there will be a day of reckoning. Or there's a 100% chance you're going to die, and there's going to be a day of reckoning. I don't know which one's going to come first. Maybe you do, and you can fill me in afterwards of when Jesus is coming back, and maybe we'll preach about that someday, right? But the point is, he's coming back and or you're dying. There's going to be a day of reckoning. And the, the interesting part about that is he doesn't mince words of what's going to happen on the day of reckoning, right? So we're going to gather them all together, and we're getting ready to separate them, right? Now, once you realize, like, this is what's going to separate the sheep from the goats, this helps us understand, okay, if I need to live intentional and I don't really know what to do, what would it be that Jesus wants me to do? Well, he doesn't mince words. This is what he tells you. This is verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. This is why. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he says, again, to the ones on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for, his devils, de for the devil and his angels. Why? Because I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these, you also did for me. Then they will go away into eternal punishment for the righteous to eternal life. So he says, like there's going to be a day of reckoning. There's going to be a time where you're going to be separated. What separates you is how you spent your time, right? Were you intentional about investing into the only thing that matters at the end? Because we've got to know this, right? So when you stand in front of Jesus someday, what's going to matter in the end? People, right? 
The only thing that matters at the end, the only thing that, that, that doesn't get burned up, right? Everything else burns. What doesn't burn is what's eternal. What's eternal? People. Who does he want you to invest in and be intentional with? People, right? And he says, if you're not, because this is the crazy thing about Christianity, you get a choice. There are lots of people who live their entire life selfishly, never investing into the lives of anybody else. Right? Like he's not forcing you to do anything. He's just telling you someday there will be a day of reckoning and that day of reckoning will come about with this idea, how intentional were you with your time and what did you do with it and who did you invest it into because if you don't, there is a separation. Right? Now, the other thing that's interesting in this, there's a reason why so when he tells him, like, you know, when you, you should clothe me, you know, give me food and water, and, and he gets to the end of it, and I think both parties miss this because they both said it. You know why he wants us to go do those things? One is for this. You know what he says? When you do it for me, so, like, if I went and gave Jim something, you know what I get out of, what I get out of this? You know, sometimes you think, like, I just want this personal relationship with Jesus, but it's so hard because he doesn't talk to me, and I don't understand it. And you know what? I read the Bible, and I, you know, everybody else talks about this deep personal relationship, but somehow I don't get it, and God seems far off, and Jesus seems far off. You know what he says? If I help Jim, you know what I get? A personal relationship with Jesus, because who am I helping? Jesus. Right? Like, you want to know how to grow into a deep, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus? Invest into people. That's where he is. That's what he says. When you do it for Jim, you do it for me. That's what Jesus says. You're doing it for me. Right? And I, and I think part of the problem is, is that, and I, and I want to be careful when I say this, because sometimes, even during the Christmas season, we can become very religious when it comes to doing our good deeds. You know what I mean? Because it's that time of year. So it's that time of year, so I'm supposed to buy a coat for somebody. It's that time of year, so I'm supposed to give somebody food. It's that time of year, so I'm so. And you know why? Because you want to check it off the list. Like, I did it. You know, I did my religious good deed, right? But he's saying, you know what the motivation for us to do all those things should be? Because it's for Jesus. Right? Like, the motivation shouldn't be for you religiously to check it off, because is it really about, like, food and clothing and all those things because it, could Jesus give Jim any amount of food he wants? Right? Like he could give him food, right? It's about, I want to be with you. I want to be in this relationship. And you know why else it's important that we understand it so that when I go out there and I'm, I'm with Thaddeus and God says like, give Thaddeus this, you know why that's important? Because in the person's life also, sometimes it's in need. They don't see that Jesus is in them either. Like, we forget it. You know, like, sometimes we forget the motivation should be Jesus, but you can for sure, the person that's in that situation doesn't see Jesus in them either. So part of you going out and serving and part of you going out and doing and part of you going out and interacting is, you know what? This isn't just about the food. This is about Jesus in you, right? And that my motivation for all this isn't going to be religious. My motivation isn't going to be to check it off a box. My motivation isn't going to be to just do something. Because I always said this, like, sometimes people are like, I don't know, it's so hard to figure out. Go to the jail and feed people and do that. Like, listen, if Jesus was in jail, would you be going? Please say yes. <laughs> we might have to start the whole message over, right? 
Like, I'm thinking you would want to go see Jesus. Well, you know where Jesus said he is? He's in the jail. Right? He's in people's lives that are in need. That's where he is. So why aren't we going there? Right? So why aren't we, why aren't we engaging in those types of things? Because he says, if you want to be where I am, be in the lives of other people. Because sometimes you think you can just come to church and find him. Sometimes you just think that you can find it in your own little, he's like, be with people. That's where I am. Be on mission. Be on purpose. Do things that are going to make a difference for eternity. That's where I am. And, and, and if your motivation is I'm meeting Jesus, you're not going to have any trouble giving somebody food or water or clothing. or Because your motivation is I, I, as much as I could get to Jesus, because I hear people say this, and I think it's true. Like if, if Life would be so much easier if Jesus was just on the earth and told me what to do. Jesus is on the earth. It's sitting beside you. Right? Isn't that what he said? Like, you want to see Jesus? Then be in relationship with people. You want to see Jesus? Look at people the way that Jesus looked at them. Right? And you're going to start seeing something that's not just a duty. It's not just a reaction. It's not just I'm going to do it over Christmas because that's when everybody tells me what to do. I'm going to do it because my motivation is to be with Jesus. My motivation is to spend time with him. My motivation is to say, I want you to see Jesus in you too. Because the world identified you as something else. Isn't that what happens? Like the world identifies you as something else. You're that guy or that girl or that person. And I'd be like, nah. This is about seeing Jesus in you. Right? And that's the motivation. That's what he's trying to talk about. If we want to be intentional, right? This is the thing that you have to understand. Because I think we struggle with this concept. You know what Jesus was also trying to, to help you understand? If you want to make a difference... Anybody want to make a difference? Please shake your head on that one too. Right? Like you want to, I hope you want to make a difference in life. You know what? Anything significant in life, right? Anything that will make a difference in life is uphill. It's uphill. And just so you know, nobody happens to find themselves at the top of the hill. True? Like, what's the human nature? Human nature is you walk up to a hill, and there's a path that's easy, and there's a path that hard, that's hard. Which one do we choose most of the time? Yeah, go around, right? It's going to be the easy way. I'm going to go around. It's going to cost me less, less sacrifice, less exertion, less, you know what I mean? Because if you look up there, you're like, dude, I, I mean, I want to make a difference because you know what the problem with people are? Unfortunately, you have uphill dreams with downhill habits in your life. Right? Like you have that uphill dream, like there's a place that you want to go, but if I looked at the habits of your life, you for sure are going downhill. Like you're for sure picking what's easy. The habits of your life, what are you willing to sacrifice? You know what I mean? Like what are you willing to, to, to fight for? Right? What are you willing to fight for? I mean, we just become a culture that's been so busy and you're so wore out, you don't even want to fight anymore. You're going to pick your way around, and you want the habits of your life are just moving you downhill, and you're getting further away from it, and it just looks harder and harder and harder, and we choose to not engage because it's way too difficult. What's willing to fight for? What are you willing to fight for? Right? And so if we're going to live intentionally, if we're going to make a difference through Christmas, then we need to figure out, right, what needs to change in our life. 
So if you want that, because here's what we know, right? Good, these, these ideas of moving forward and living intentionally aren't going to just happen for you. Like, this isn't going to be one of those messages, because I hear people say this all the time, like, I'm so excited about the message, and i like, did anything change? This is like three, four days later, like, no, I actually don't even remember what you said, but, I mean, it was good when I heard it, you know. I'm like, well, that was good, huh? So fun to prepare messages everybody forgets in two days, you know. But the point is, you know why we don't forget them? Because we don't apply them. If you were applying them, you don't have to remember exactly what a person says, but there's something that changed in your life. Like, this is one of those things. You can't just hope to be intentional and then go back to the idea of nothing's going to change. You're going to have to make some changes in your life. So, what changes do you need to make? Okay, so we're going to go through, and I'm going to help you with this, hopefully. is going to help you look at how do you change your mind, how do you change your actions, and how do you change your purpose in life. That's the three things. If we want to be intentional through this Christmas season, I want to help you with first figuring out how to change your mind. Okay, so here's the first thing. How do you change your mind? By doing this, waking up every day and say, I value people. Now, I know that most of you would say you value people, but you know what part of the problem was? Like, Jesus said this very specifically, and I think because he knew our human nature, we value people who value us back. You know why he gave this idea of, like, in prison, needing clothes, what can they give you back? Nothing. And this is a relationship principle that I think all of us should learn because too many times it even applies in our marriages. Like, I'm going to value you when you... Come on, anybody that's been married? Yeah, when you value me back, right? When you value me, I'm going to value you. And there's this constant tension, Right? Constant tension, like I'm going to give when you give what I need, you know. And I'm like, is that, is that the model that he's trying to give us? No, the value system that he's trying to say. Valuing people comes down to this. Like, are you going to value people that aren't going to value you? Right, like how are you going to get to that place where you can value the overlooked, right? Because here's the other problem, and I'm, Try to be careful when I say this, but it never really comes across right, so I'll just say it. Here's part of the problem. You know why churches aren't growing and churches aren't reaching people for Jesus? Because they spend way too much time condemning and not enough time connecting. Your job isn't to condemn. Your job's to connect. Your job wasn't to go to the prison and remind them why they're in prison like they didn't know. Your job wasn't to remind them why there's no groceries in the, the pantry. You know what your job was? Connect them to the one who will change their life forever, which is, this isn't a trick question, Jesus, right? Like part of the problem in the Christian world today, inside of the churches, we're good at condemning. Right? We're good at looking at people and saying, I know why you're there. I know why you're there. I know why you're there. And you're spending zero time doing what Jesus told you to do. Intentionally connect them with the only ones that's going to change their life. Stop condemning and start connecting. And the reason that you're going to do that, because I know we all have an opinion, me being one. Like I, 
Like, I know, you, you should help yourself. And if you just got a job, and if you just did, and you stopped making poor choices, you know what I mean? That's not my job. Truly valuing people is to say, regardless of your choices, you are Jesus. Doesn't matter. I can have all these other things, but it does not change what I do in my life because I see you as Jesus, and so I will react like you are Jesus. And so I will, you know what I mean? I'm going to go into this relationship without all these preconceived things, right? This is what we do. Like, these people in this way, and you know what I mean? Like, we're still on this. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, we got to get past this. If you're going to value people, value them the way Jesus values them. And we're going to get somewhere, and you're going to be able to live intentionally. Here's the next one. The next one is this. So first was change your mind, and the next one is change the actions of your life by every day doing things that add value to people. Okay? So I'm going to give you some practices. These are some things that, that I would do and some things I think you should think of, whether you do it in a different way or not. But you have to know this. You can change the way you think, but if you never change the actions of your life, your thinking will go back to normal. Okay, so it'll go back to what's comfortable. That's the way the mind works. You know how we were talking about the uphill stuff? Like, if you don't change the actions of your life that will give you the steps to go up the hill, you will go back to the normal, comfortable things of life. So, you have to get to a place where you teach yourself or train yourself or have actions every day that support the value system in which you put in us. So, the value system, people, right? Change your thinking, values people, what actions need to change in our life? So here's something to think about. So every day, I don't do this every day, try to do this every day. In my planner, comes up on my phone, I get a reminder at 8 o'clock at night. Time for journal and reflection, okay? Why do I journal and reflect at 8 o'clock at night? Because I want to take an inventory of my day. What did I get done today? Did I value people with my time? If you're not taking inventory, then do you really care? Like, if you can't take 10 minutes to look over your day, because I, I think sometimes people don't do this because they're afraid to say they suck. Like, I'm not afraid of that at all. I tell myself I suck all the time. You know what I got to the end of my day? Did I add value to people? Nope. Was I completely selfish today? Yep. Did I do nothing with my day? Yep. Like, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with just saying, I didn't get it today, but tomorrow, I'm not going to do it again. Right? What's wrong with getting to the end of your day and truly reflecting and taking inventory? Right? Because if you don't take inventory, then you're going to struggle to ever truly evaluate your life on what matters most. Because we already talked about what matters most, right? Day of reckoning's coming. What matters is people. It's the only thing in eternity. And if nothing inside of your day added any value to the people in which Jesus is talking about, what were we doing Right? Like, what are you doing? And, and he, I'm a planner, so I hear this a lot from people. Well, part of the reason I don't is I just run out of time. And... <sighs> okay. Everybody gets 168 hours a week. Every single person in this room. You get 168 hours in a week. You can come up with all the excuses you want. I've done this with tons of people. You have plenty of time. You choose not to. Let's just be honest. You know, I say it like in marriages, when I do 
you know, just marriage coaching with people, and I'm like, you get to the end of the year, and a lot of guys do this, so many guys, you can amen with me, you get to the end of the year, and I'm going to be better. Yeah, I'm going to be better. We had this talk, and I don't date you enough and love you enough. I'm going to be better. And then you get like a month into it, you're like, wow, that went well. Any guys? Or how about ladies? Any ladies with your guys? Right? They want the best, but then they're like, life happens. You know, you get into your week, you get into your month, life starts to happen. You have the best intentions to date. You have the best intentions to love well. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, no, it's just because you chose not to. Like, you get a choice to date your wife. You know, and sometimes people will be like, I don't know, that seems so like... Uh, not loving when it's like blocked out in your calendar. Well, I'm like, you know what's less loving? Not having it at all. Which choice do you want? Right? Because it goes back to this idea, are you going to be intentional with your actions? If you love your wife, you will be intentional. If you love your children, there should be something in your calendar that reflects it. Right? That's the whole idea. Add value to people. There's no possible way you're going to get to the end of your day and look back and be, I didn't add value to people. If you don't change the way you spend your time, you're never going to add value to people because it doesn't happen naturally. Nobody was like, my husband's so awesome. I mean, he wasn't very intentional about it, but he just happened to be great. It doesn't happen. Marriages and relationships and things are great because we value it and we put the way we show that we value it is we give it time. Actions of your life, because remember this, intentions are worthless. You can have great intention to have a great marriage and do nothing about it and come and tell me how it worked. You can have great intentions to be, you know, just pick the list, it could be whatever you want. Like you could write that list and you have the best intentions of the world, but if you're not going to have actions that are going to match it up, then you're going to have a problem, right? Like you're not going to get to the place that you need to be. So if you want to be intentional, you have to change the way you think. What matters in the end, what we'd be held accountable for, it's people, right? And if you actually ever want to take it from your head and transform it into something that will matter at the end of the day, then you better put it on your calendar and make a difference in your life by the actions meeting what your mind tells you to do, okay? Because if it sticks up there and never turns into action, it'll pretty soon go away. And next time we preach about intentional Christmas, you might come back and be like, oh, yeah, we talked about this a year ago. Because I'll just tell you, you know, being married for a long time or being in relationships for a long time, and, and you know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over. Like how many times can you say the same thing without changing? Anybody? Like anybody had those same conversations? <laughs> and you just keep having the same conversations and never there are changes in your life. That's, that's what he's trying to get to. Like if you want to make a difference, if you want to value people, if you want to see eternity change forever, then change the actions of your life. Change your head, change your calendar, and then with that, awesome things or things that he wants are going to be changed. Okay? Here's the last one. So change your head, change the way you, you think, change the actions of your life, and here's the last one. Change your purpose. Every day, I encourage others to add value to other people. Right? So I, so I encourage people. Every day, I encourage others to add value to people. So there's this concept, right? And, this, and I've said this before. You know what part of the problem with Christianity today, and I know maybe I'm being hard on you, but 
that I'm being hard on myself too is, is that we only think of ourselves. So the whole idea is how can I get better, right? So even when you're talking about this, how can I be better in my you know, marriage? How can I be better in my relationship? And how can I be more intentional? And how can I get my schedule? But if your schedule doesn't reflect helping anybody else, then you've lost your purpose because it's not just about you. Like if you don't help somebody else do the same thing, if you don't reproduce yourself into somebody else, have we missed part of the point? Because again, you're over here and you're getting some things right, but if you're not reproducing yourself into somebody else, then we've missed part of that purpose. So the worship team's gonna come back up and I wanna give you, and this is something that I read um, in a John Maxwell book, if any of you guys like to read or listen on Audible. It's called Intentional Living. Um, and some of the stuff that we talked about today is in that book. So it's a really good book if you like to read. But one of the things that he talks about when this, this whole idea of like living on purpose and remembering your purpose is he got a gift and uh, the gift that he got was a book. And so his secretary gave him this book and she said, it's the best story ever written. You're going to love it. So he gets it and takes it and he opens it up and there's nothing on the pages. And he's like, what kind of book is this? Like the best book ever written and there's nothing in it? And she says, you know why? Because the best story is the one that you're going to write about your life. It is yet to be told. The best story, and I, and I want this for you. Like I don't want you to miss this. The best story that can be told is the one that you're going to write. It's what's going to happen today. It's what's going to happen tomorrow. It's what God is going to tell you to do. Because you know what happens in life? We read stories about people telling us what to do, and we just read it, and you never really live your own story. You know what I mean? Like you read it, and somebody tells you what to do, and you flip through it, but you never get to this place like, God, this is a, this is a blank slate. The most beautiful story is the one yet to be told the one that he's waiting to write in your life, the one that he's coming to you and saying, if you could just change your mind, if you could just change your mind, can you imagine what's going to happen? If you could just change your calendar, can you imagine what your marriage, can you imagine what your friends, can you imagine what your relationships, can you, if you just took a moment to take some inventory of purpose in life, can you just imagine what this story is going to be? Like, you ever think about that? Do you think how, how exciting is it for what God has on these pages? For what he wants to write inside of your story? But it starts with you being intentional. It starts with you saying, you know what? I'm no longer going to live my life and let the craziness of the world dictate purpose on this earth. And be intentional. I'm going to know what I'm held accountable for and I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to value the people that the world has forgotten. I'm going to change the course of my life because I change tomorrow what I do. I'm going to inventory the time that God gave me because it's important. I'm going to take time to look at those things because it's a difference for eternity. Like, I'm going to do those things. And I'm going to train other people because the best thing you could ever help somebody do is to see Jesus in them and what their story is and the amazing things that God wants to write for them. You know, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So one of the things that we said is with this series, at the end of it, all three weeks, we're going to give you something. 
We're going to say, you know what? I know that it's really hard when we say be intentional, go out and do something with it. Um, and so we're going to give you uh, a resource at the end of every service. So if you want to stand, you know, because I'm going to, you can stand up and I'm going to pray for you. But here is what we're going to give you for this week. So each week there's going to be something. And on this week, these resources are to help you say, you know what, I don't really know what to do. I know I need to be intentional. So I need to be able to go out and do something, right? So here's what this is, right? So I'm explaining it to you. Online, Nick's going to come up. There's going to be a video. You guys are going to be able to watch it online. He's going to show you how to get this resource and, and what you need to do with this resource. So we'll go ahead and they'll, they'll, they'll watch that video there. But while you're here, let me explain to you a little bit about what we want you to do with this. Hey, Life Online community. So in here, As Mike shared throughout our series, Intentional Christmas, we are going to be providing you some tools and resources to help not only you, but help our entire church be intentional this Christmas series. Our hope is that if everyone participates, we can love our community well, no matter where your community is. This week, we are going to be intentional through Acts of Kindness. We have created an Acts of Kindness calendar that you can grab by heading to lifehuntington.com slash intentionalchristmas. There is also a link in the chat. For the next 20 days, you and your family have the opportunity to be intentional through little and bigger moments. Through the calendar, we are hoping that you will be intentional with your time this Christmas season with your friends family, and even strangers. As you partner along with us, we want to hear about your journey. Share with us how you've been intentional this Christmas season by emailing stories at lifehuntington.com, sharing with a campus pastor or staff member, or just tagging us on your social media posts with the hashtag intentionalchristmas. Now, let's jump back in with the main campus. You can be intentional about that stuff. The other part of it is, is that at the bottom um, of it, we're going to have a, a place where you can share some of your stories. Like, this is what God's doing. Because, you know, there's power in story. You know, like, I did one out, and I did this, and this is how God moved. We want to see those types of things happen. So, now, I know that it would be easier for you to get these on the way out. But because this is intentionality and intentional Christmas, we're not going to make your life easy. Okay. <laughs> So as we're playing this last song, this is, or playing under uh, some music during this time, we're going to have you come to the front as an intentional uh, step to say, you know what, I'm going to come up and I intentionally want to do this, right? So I'm going to come up and I'm going to get this. So here's our recommendation. So one per family, you know, if you're in the same household, put it so we can put it. If you're not in the same household, or honestly, if you need some and you want to give them to somebody, we, we probably have enough, you know, at the end, so take them. But we want it so that you can have one of these online. Nick's explaining how you can get these. We want you to use this. So while they're playing up here, come forward. Taylor's going to be there. Jennifer's going to be over here as either the representative from your family or the person that, you know, whoever you want is going to come up, grab one of these while we're playing this last song and be thinking through like this, just me stepping out of the row is a, is a symbolization of today, you know what, I'm going to be intentional. Today, I'm going to make a decision. I'm not going to go through the Christmas season and it just be a blur. I'm going to go through the Christmas season and live intentionally.
So I just hope as we go out this week that for each one of us, we'll really take an inventory. Like, I think it's good at this time. Like, just take some inventory. Where are we in life? And will we make a choice to live intentionally? Will we 
make a choice to not just let the days go by and not just at the end of the day be like such a blur, but you know what? I made a difference today. To the best of my ability, I was intentional, and I'm going to let God use me in this Christmas season and for the rest of my life to value other people and to see when what matters most to him is what matters to me. So thanks, everybody, for joining us uh, here at our main campus, and thanks for joining us online. We'll see you guys next week.